Flush the bombers, get the subs in launch mode. We are at DEFCON 1. DEFCON 1. Cincinnati, Ohio. One more hour and I'll be home. Close my eyes and rest my bones. Can't be more than a mile or so from Cincinnati, Ohio. Cincinnati, Ohio. Welcome to the Hunt for Reds October podcast. I'm your host, Coop, and tonight we've got some people here to talk some Reds baseball with you. It's been a couple weeks and uh, we're back. First off, we have Burmy with us. Burmy, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing really well, Coop. Uh, appreciate you having me back on. It's always fun to talk a little baseball with you guys. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm sure we got a lot to get to with these Cincinnati Reds in the wildcard chase. And uh, before we hop into it, I just wanted to say I want to give a shout out to, to Ram. At Uncle Ram, shout out to Ram. You didn't finish the, you didn't finish the drill. Or did you break up? One of the two. What What do you mean? I what didn't happened? hear you say at Unc Graham. You didn't finish the drill. Oh, no. It, it broke up. because. Oh, I said okay. It. Well, there you go. Yeah. Well, Any, anyway, we're off to a fantastic start. We also, have, we also have Carlos back on with us. Carlos, how are you doing tonight? Hey, what's going on, boys? Glad to be back. Good to have you. So, as Burmy kind of mentioned there at the beginning the reds are in the thick of a playoff chase with the padres for the second wild card spot um the reds are now a game and a half behind the padres which is the same as they've been the last couple of days since they lost two games to the cubs and you know 20 people i've never heard of uh but the padres were swept by the rockies which again is a little odd. Um, and even with Fernando Tatis back, which is just a, I don't know this, this week has been just odd for baseball. Uh, Carlos, give me your thoughts on, can the Reds catch the Padres or are the Padres just going through a little funk and then they're just going to turn it on? No, I definitely think that they can catch them. Um, especially this schedule that you know everybody's talking about now how it's gonna get really tough for the Padres and should kind of lighten up for the Reds here coming up I mean one and a half games and that, that's nothing um but you know I was talking to some of the guys earlier and I mentioned I mean St. Louis Cardinals have entered the chat they're like what are they two games back of Cincinnati it's something like that they're really close I mean yeah they were winning again earlier today last time I checked but I mean, it's, it's going to be fun. It'll be a good September, fun September, hopefully. Burmy, your thoughts on the pennant, tri- pennant the uh, wild card chase? Let's let's walk before we can run. What wild card chase is right now? Yeah. We actually spend money on a bullpen. You know, when the Reds spend money on a bullpen, we can talk about, you know, pennant chases. Um, I was just going to say, this has to be a little weird for Carlos, man. Reds and Padres duking it out for the last spot, like, that's really is that really pulling at your heartstrings, man? <laughs> it is, you know, because it's like the first real team the Padres have had since you know, I guess 07. Remember they lost that playoffs to the I believe it was the Rockies. Um, but you know, I'm always gonna always gonna side with Joey and the Reds until he retires, and then we'll 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 figure it out from there. But right now it's done. Pick 
my kids and have a favorite. <laughs> sure. Sure. <laughs> I don't know. No, I think I think, is, I, think my, yeah. I think my parents picked a favorite, but anyway. Oops. And it wasn't me. Got a little too deep there, I guess. Oops. No, it's okay. It's great. Anyway, I mean, what is ahead. what is this podcast without dark humor? What's the point? <laughs> um, I, I mean, this is exciting. I, I, a lot of the you know a lot of the listeners obviously have been around for a few playoff series wins. I am. Young enough to have never really seen the Reds win a playoff series. They did it three, almost four, in 95. Um, I don't remember that. So they really never won anything in my viewing life. And it's kind of fun to watch meaningful baseball. You know, me get pissed off at India for having two really, you know, take two really, you know, eh, pitches and then chasing a shitty pitch and I'm yelling at the TV in the sixth inning of a game on a you know Wednesday afternoon in late August. I'm not used to this. And honestly, I love it. <laughs> I, want, I want this all the time every year. So it's exciting. It's fun. Reds, Reds fans should be excited about this because this is not anything we've ever experienced. And, uh, you know, for at least for us young fans. And uh, this is where we should be trending if we want to get the young people more into baseball. Yeah, I mean, it's... <laughs> It's amazing how much more interested you are in when there's something on the line. Like, and Carlos, I was going to ask you this as a player. When when you're playing meaningful games, do you get are you able to get up more for those than say uh it's September and you're just playing out the string knowing that you're like 20 games under or whatever? Is it easier to come to the park and like get up for a game or are you just professional when you're going to get up for the game anyway? Oh, no. It's, it's definitely harder to, to get up for a game. I mean, you know, even my, my small experience that I had, you know, we weren't very good whenever I, I was up there. Um, we're losing a lot. So even for somebody like me who was just try, trying to, you know, make a name for myself, it was still kind of hard. You, you think like, you know, you'd be like, oh, my God, she's playing in a major your leaves and having a hard time getting ready for the game are you kidding me but it's i mean you become used to it so it's it's definitely different there's whatever you got something to play for you got a big series or or anything like that i mean you can't wait to get to the park and and uh get dressed and get going yeah uh, (laughs) i'm working from home so it's hard for me to get up to do anything but um Um, hey, yo, I feel, I feel, I feel that coop. <laughs> um, no, I wanted to change subjects a little bit here to Joey Votto. He got his 2000th hit, uh, the other night and he's, um, to me, he's a no doubt hall of famer, but there's still those people out there that are, you know, saying, oh, well, he doesn't have the numbers or he doesn't have this. He doesn't have that. Um, Obviously, I'm biased, and I'm sure Carlos and Burmy are biased as well, but I I don't see it as so much of a debate as it's more of, is he going to be on the first ballot or not, to me? That's the debate, and it doesn't even really matter. Once you get in, you're in. Uh, but there are just there are people out there who are like, oh, he just wants to take a walk. Well, he's got 2,000 hits. He's led the league in on-base percentage, what, seven times? Carlos? Yes. Tell those people they're stupid. Those people are so stupid. If you don't know how to use Google, 
then uh, we don't need to be talking about Joey Votto because all it takes is a couple of couple of minutes to figure out. Okay, well, I see the numbers. I see who they're comparing him to. Who's done? Who are the only other Hall of Famers who have done what he's done? And he's right there with them. I mean, it's. I mean, you're talking about you know the Mount Rushmore first baseman, and he's and he's up there with with them in several categories. You know, and we talked about the on-base percentage. I, I think on on Trent's article today, though, he said I think there was maybe five guys ever who's who've led it seven times in, in a in a decade, and it's like Babe Ruth and Ty Cobb and just just guys like that, like yeah, that. yeah, just the yeah. just those no-name yeah. guys. So uh, yeah, if, if if you're uh, arguing that Joey's not a Hall of Famer, I don't even want to talk to you. I'm not going to entertain it. No, it's just weird that I don't know. I know some people say it's a uh, they've they listen to Marty on the radio trashing him for years, um, mm-hmm. and that kind of colored them against him. Same thing. I mean, it it reminds me of the Adam Dunn conversation where Marty would get on Adam Dunn and people would just focus on the strikeouts, not not caring that he's hitting forty home runs, driving a hundred getting on base, you know, 40% of the time. And, but Vado does, Vado does it all. Plus he was an MVP and a gold glover. I don't know. Burmy, set these people straight. It's a travesty that Joey Vado's never won a silver slugger too. That's like my biggest pet peeve on his, <laughs> his CV is that he's never won a silver slugger. He's won a gold glove. And admittedly, defensively, Joey Vado has his moments where you're like, yeah, DHing him a little more often than not would be a bad thing. And I don't think he plays a poor defense. It's just, it's not quite where it was. And that's fine. He's still almost 38 years old. For me, if you're going to say that Joey Votto is not a Hall of Famer, what numbers are you going off of as an individual? Total number of strikeouts he has? Who cares? You know, the man's drawn more walks and half as many at bats as the franchise. I mean, he surpassed Pete Rose as the franchise leader in walks, and he has half as many at-bats. Played appearances, yeah, or played appearances. You know, it's like, that. that's ridiculous. He's, he's a patient, he, I mean, Marty condemned him for being a patient hitter. Well, it's, Marty, it's, it's not Joey's fault that people didn't throw him strikes, and it's certainly not Joey's fault that from, like, 2015 to 2018, there wasn't a whole hell of a lot around him, so you can just kind of pitch around him. Well, and, there, and a couple other things. I when, he got, when he got Scott Shevler hitting after him, you know, it's yeah. like, well, fuck. <laughs> fuck, fuck. Fuck me. I'll just walk him. How long did he have, you know, Zach Cozart and Corey Patterson and uh, Billy Hamilton hitting in front of him? Nobody getting on. And then they, people would complain about him not driving in runs. What? I mean, he's driving himself in. It's not – he can't make people get on base in front of him. But I, I don't know if it was in so – weird how he's driving in runs – yeah, I know. It's People so weird were, how that works. I know it's so weird. Jonathan India is getting on base forty percent of the time, and what do you know? Vado's leading the team in RBIs. Yeah, instead of getting <laughs> mad at Joey, how about how about you teach Billy how to steal first base, and then we'll talk about why Joey didn't drive any fucking runs. We could it's ridiculous. A, we could have a whole podcast on Billy Hamilton and how. Oh man, <laughs> I was I was so excited for him, and he just ugh. Anyway, yeah. Happy thoughts. Yeah, I, I don't know if it it might have been shout seen, out Billy Hamilton. Shout out to Billy. <laughs> find your find your vinyasa coop. Find your vinyasa. <laughs> um, 
I don't know if it was in C-Trent's article or another one where uh, Joey Votto has been on base more in fewer games than Johnny Bench. Probably. And it's like, yeah. you just want people to say, See, look at that. <laughs> he has like 46 less hits than Johnny, too. Well, yeah, and Barry Larkin, I think, had a little over 2,300 hits. If yeah. Votto stays healthy, he's going to pass that. At a, at a position, mind you, that you know, players throughout history have racked up hits. First basemen are not hits machines; they're power guys. You know, Barry played a position that racked up a shit ton of hits, and he still, you know, got into the Hall of Fame with twenty three hundred, which, by shortstop standards, is a very good career. Yeah, for a Hall of Fame in, ter- in terms of Hall of Fame, you know, where he ranks amongst Hall of Famers, he's a very good player. He's not one of the best. I mean, I think. This was also, I think, in C. Trent's article. He's going to end up with more hits than Harmon Killebrew, and I mean, you just you can just go down the line, and people were people will say, "Oh, he doesn't have the numbers." Well, that's just because you don't want to look at the numbers. Look at the numbers. He's got them, and he his numbers would be higher if not for a little bit of injuries, and then last year where they only played sixty games. I mean, Barry Larkin would have had probably at least twenty five hundred hits if he had stayed healthy. That you yeah. take that into account. But, uh, like I said, to me, it's either he's in the first ballot or second or third ballot. And I don't care. If you get in the Hall of Fame, you're in the Hall of Fame. There's no special first ballot wing or, you know, 90% of the vote wing. It's just you're in the Hall of Fame forever. And he deserves it. Um it sucks that he played on so many shitty teams during his career. And I don't know. I'm getting all, I'm starting to get pissed just thinking about it. <laughs> I'm trying not to just start screaming. It's ups- No, it's upsetting. It also, imagine if he'd been able to come up in like 2006 instead of having yeah. to wait till, instead of having to wait until he was almost 24 yeah. to debut. Imagine if he'd come up at like 22 like a fucking regular franchises do. This this goddamn franchise, we you know, we start seeing TJ Antones at 26 instead of 23. Yeah, he definitely should have been up by about the uh, all-star break of 2006. That's whenever he was in double-A winning the MVP, just missing around batting like Albert Pujols from the left side. Yeah, uh, the Reds have a history of that, though, like, like Burmy was saying. Um one guy you can uh, another guy you can talk about who should have been should have been up a lot sooner and that's uh Jose Barrero but hey Kyle Farmer's there so we can't uh, can't move Kyle Farmer off of shortstop Jose Barrero has been just absolutely lighting it up in both double A AA and triple A this year uh, I know people had a bad taste in their mouth from 2020 when he came up and probably wasn't ready and struggled at the plate but he should have been up two months ago starting at shortstop every day i was you know i've i've been on the on the train to be like relax people it's triple a you know he's he's not going to hit 330 at the big league level like right away like it's not going to put up those same numbers and you know that's about the time that kyle farmer started playing well so i'm like i, I mean i'm fine with it but um seeing his first day 
B the other night, and he kept fouling those pitches off. And the swings he was taking, I was like, holy shit. <laughs> this is a totally different hitter than I saw last year. Absolutely. He, he took that walk, and I'm like, oh, man. And I didn't get to watch the game today, so I didn't see. So oh, I'm uh, I'm probably going to go back and watch his, his ABs today. But that was that was definitely a holy shit. As a pitcher, seeing those types of swings, yeah. Well, and that's the thing. You don't need him to hit 330, is the, and you just need him to, I mean, you give me, you know, 265 even, get on base 35% of the time. I'm good. With the defense that he plays, I mean, you won't have to worry about, um, and I hate to say it, you put Eugenio Suarez at shortstop, and for some reason, I don't know if he's got the yips while he's there, but he can't play, he can't play shortstop anymore. And Kyle Farmer is... He's all right. He'll he'll get to what he can get to, but he doesn't have the range that Barrero has, and he doesn't have the power or the speed. Yeah. And it's like, I know Kyle Farmer had a he had a great like two or three weeks there. Can't take it away from him. But he's a <laughs> he's gonna he's gonna regress to the mean, and which is what he's doing now. And he's hurt. He's got a sports hernia. Play Barrero at shortstop. He's also, he's also almost thirty-one. You know, just just throwing it out there. He's almost thirty-one. Yeah, I'm forty-one. Fuck you. <laughs> like, <laughs> no, I meant. I know, off. I know. You, you know, you know, you know, goddamn well what I mean. He's he's almost thirty-one, and Barrero's like twenty-three. So, oh, I, you know, the only reason the artist formerly known as Jose Garcia played last year is because there was no minor league season. So they wanted to see what they had. He's obviously a physical phenomenon when you see him at shortstop. He's tall. He's He lo- looks like a more put-together physically Anderton Simmons. You know, like his body yeah. type is like a better put-together Anderton Simmons. And, you know, they really didn't have a choice last year, but they were like, you know, they were so desperate at shortstop because uh, Freddie Galvis, no. So I, I think they just kind of brought him up and said, what can this kid do? It was a weird year. He needed to get at-bats against real pitching. It was just a kind of a culmination of COVID meets a need. Whereas this year, they could let him mature and double and triple A. He's obviously, you know, ready to face major league pitching, as we've seen in the brief two games we've seen out of him so far. But I also think he looks more, you know, he's he's ready to be there. You know, he might have been a little starstruck last year. Holy shit, I'm in the show. Now he's like, no, I've, I've been here, done that. Now it's time for me to settle in and, like, become a major leaguer, have a career, etc. Well, and... First of all, I love Eugenio Suarez. I'm going to put that out there. I can't, I can't be unbiased when it comes to him because he just seems like a genuinely like good guy. But I think the Reds were just trying, were just counting on him pulling out of the slump that he's in, not wanting to bring Barrero up, not wanting to try somebody else at third. Uh, Mike Mustakis is back, and he is what like one for tw- his last twenty-seven, something like that. I mean. Uh. At some point, you've got to make the change and either play Barrero at short. And if you must insist on Kyle Farmer playing, play him a couple games at third base. Um, I, I'd prefer that didn't happen. I'd prefer Moose or Suarez to, you know, hit and play. But Would you, Mark, would you play Suarez or, or Farmer right now at third? Farmer. 
Kyle Farmer. Um, Farmer's Sorry, pro- Kyle Farmer. Farmer's probably going to get on base more right now still, even though he started having a little bit of a slump. Just Suarez is just one swing away from going yard. Uh, I don't know. I'd probably... Suar- yeah, no. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, no. I was going to say Suarez is like what Carlos Pena was when he was with the Rays now. It's just like, fuck. <laughs> you know, you, you, you watch it. Night in and night out, and he, he'll scald baseballs right at people, and and you know he gets the opposite of babip to death. You know he's it's just unlucky half the time, but he doesn't do himself any favors. I mean, the only guy that has more strikeouts than Suarez in the show right now is Javi Baez, which I find hilarious. But it, it it's sad. I, I mean, I, I'm definitely not one of those old men yelling at clouds. You know, the strikeouts are too high. Like, no, the pitching's really good. So. It's just gotten better and better, so guys strike out more. Suarez strikes out too much for a guy relative to the time. Does that make sense? No, I think he just takes some bad swings at some pitches. like, And then then he's down 0-2, and then he's almost in, you know, if the ball is close, you got to swing at it, or you're going to take strike three. Mm -hmm. I don't know if he was just not seeing the ball earlier this year, or I don't know, or if he's changed his swing to where it's slower. Uh, I don't know. I strikeouts. Go ahead, Carlos. Definitely, he definitely Sorry, seems like like you no know, finals. Sorry, it it definitely seems like something is off. Like he's I don't know. It's it's so tough to to judge and say somebody it's it's in his head now. But it's just I mean you just see his mannerisms are so different and um I don't I don't know. I've seen a lot of people wonder if it's you know that shoulder injury like if he's still not healthy from that, but. I think if that was the case, then the Reds would have no problem sitting him down. Like, right. like now, they'd be like, right, hey, listen, you tried it. We gave you a go. Your shoulder's fucked up. We're going to go with somebody who can produce right now. But they're not doing that. They're still running him back out there because, you know, David Bell, oh, to his fault, is a, is a player's manager. Like, you know, when Castellanos got on him last year about taking him out, there was no, he hadn't done that since. And you can't tell me that Castellanos got better overnight. In the right. outfield, he just he just got intimidated by that, and and he, I feel like he just doesn't want to mess up the clubhouse right now. You know, you put Suarez down, and, and then you start you start um, platooning Moose, and then you take Kyle Farmer out. He's been there all year, and then you bring in Barrero. Like at the end, like that's that's, that's a disaster for a clubhouse right there. David Bell's got a tough job, even though I like to give him shit about his lineup sometimes, <laughs> but. I mean, he's got a really tough job to try to manage all these, you know, his personnel. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's it's people. I think I think that gets yeah. lost sometimes. And well, why are you playing this guy, or why is this guy hitting here, or why? You're right. You're you're managing people. You're not just managing a lineup. You're not just, you know, why is this guy not playing today? Well, he's probably pretty beat up. He needs a day off. You yeah. know. I think I think that gets lost in translation sometimes, where people just want to just blame the manager for everything. Um, now I will question some of his bullpen moves. I mean, yes, he's got to play the hand he's dealt with the bullpen, but there's certain guys where he would bring them in, and you're like, this game's over. Yeah. <laughs> I mean. Oh God, yeah. I don't. Yeah. I, I really wish I knew what was wrong with Sean Doolittle. Because he seems like, I mean, he was a great pitcher for the Nationals. Great. 
and he's not it's not like he's you know 40 and he's still throwing it up there like 96 carlos you're a pitcher have you noticed anything like what like what's the deal with doolittle or even you know amir garrett i mean doolittle it's hard for me to say because you know i've never really paid attention to him excuse me um so i don't I don't know. I mean, just from you can't even blame it on the sticky stuff because he looked like this during spring training. Yeah. <coughs> um, and Amir, I mean, oof, he's he's been really tough to watch. Um, his some of his stuff is is spin rates down. And, you know, his slider was his pitching. It's not sliding like it used to. So, yeah. I think it's a little sticky icky. I, with, with a lot of them. Yeah, I mean, Lucas Sims. Why, I mean, everybody was ready for him to come back. And, I mean, he, his ERA is over five. I mean, he he wasn't having the best year when he was hurt. No, and, I mean, he, he yeah, even whatever he did, he was, you know, he had like what was it, like seven straight scoreless or something like that. But he hit like one spot in those seven innings. Yeah. I'm like, that. that's going to catch up to him, you know, like. You can't you can't run away from missing spots like that. It's just you know they they have a scouting report and they want to pitch to certain spots for a reason. No matter how hard you're throwing it, it's the matter of fact of getting it to that spot because of that pitch that hitter's uh, swing. And if you're throwing trying to throw 97 low and away and you go 90, 97 up and in, it's probably not a good thing. <laughs> yeah, big league hitters can can turn on that. Um, I couldn't. I I probably would just be starting my swing when the catcher catches it because Jesus, but <laughs> I can't imagine trying to hit a hundred mile an hour fastball, but I digress. Um, so what do you think the future is then in the infield with the, for the rest of the season? Is it going to be a, a moose and Suarez platoon at third with farmer and Barrero at short? Or do you, or do you move farmer to third? Uh, Burma, you go first here. Um, I love Gino. Gino is an infectious personality. You can tell that his teammates love him. You can tell that everybody loves him. The media loves him. It's impossible not to love Gino. But he, yeah. I just feel like when he's on the field, he's doing more detriment than he's doing good right now. And that's not an easy conversation to have. But platooning Farmer and Moose at, at, you know, at third base and playing Barrero at short or, you know, whatever, playing Barrero at third with Farmer at short, whatever the hell you want to do. The three of them combining for those two spots, I, I would like to maybe see Gino focus on more of a pinch hit role. So he pretty much just has to memorize the starting pitcher and the probable bullpen arms he'll face. And he can go out there and attack one at bat with all of his vigor as opposed to trying to, you know, face five, four to five at-bats a night and go up there and, you know, kind of guess his way. It just looks like he's guessing his way through the ballgame right now. And I would rather see him just focus on maybe one thing at a time than trying to focus on ten things at a time. If there was a, D, if, if there was a DH, that would be a decent idea too. <laughs> Carlos, your thoughts on what the Reds should do in the infield? I think here um... – to the end of August, they're going to kind of keep going with a what we've seen over the weekend. Um, 
where you know Burrow is going to get a start here and there. They'll be mainly pinch hitting, and they're going to try and give Kyle Farmer, you know, kind of one last chance to see, you know, if he can pick it up again a little bit. Um, but then I think it's going to go to um, Barrero as an everyday shortstop, getting you know five starts a week, and um, Moose and, and Gino probably more than than Farmer. Like I think Farmer's going to probably get down to the bottom of the list as much playing time. I want to throw some which numbers. I might, which I don't, I, I don't agree with, but yeah. I, I think they, I mean if they stuck with Gino this long. They're not going to put Farmer over him. I, I don't think if Farmer's getting taken out of his everyday duty at short. The funny thing is that Gino is still younger than Farmer. <laughs> yeah. it's. I just want to throw some numbers out. This is from baseball reference on Eugenio Suarez this year. Minus 2.5 war. On base percentage is 250, 259 on base. OPS plus of 59. He's got 23 home runs and his OPS plus is 59. That is hard to do. Yep. And it is just so, it's just so weird to me because if you look at his 2019, I mean, my God, 49 homers, 103 ribbies, but more importantly, on base of 358. And in two years, his on base percentage has dropped 100 points. I mean, yeah, I think the moral of this story is uh, don't get in shape. Let's try to eat right because then your numbers will go down. I agree. Exercising is, is... <laughs> drinking booze, eating those, <laughs> eating that skyline, and dye your hair silver again. Let's go. <laughs> You're right. Exercising will kill you. <laughs> Dieting will kill you. Eat what you want. Sit on the couch. Do you know? Do... <laughs> Gino for Chili Parlor 2022. Let's go. <laughs> oh, man. But, yeah, you, you all both right, though, that I, I still can't hate the guy. I can't hate on him because no. he's just such a good guy. And it's like, ugh, come on. If he was like, you know, if this was like a Trevor Bauer situation, then, you know, if he was an asshole like that, then I'd be like, you know, this guy needs to go. You know, why is he playing? But, I mean, I, I almost get why David Bell plays him so much because he's proven that he can do it. Just why are you not? And like Carlos was saying, the shoulder issue. I mean, Austin Kearns was never really the same after Ray King sat on his shoulder. And, I mean, that's one of the... Fuck you, you Ray King. God. Uh-huh. I remember... Austin Kearns was absolutely lighting it up that first couple months of that season. Then he got sat on. He was never the same. I mean, he still had a pretty decent career, but I mean, he would have been a superstar. Anyway, what's one of those what ifs? Yeah, he still yeah he still played like eleven eleven or twelve years. Yeah, didn't I, he? yeah, he had a pretty decent career. I mean, made made good money, you know, from Lexington. So, kind of semi-local kid. I say kid like he's still a kid now. You know, we're talking about like 2002. But, um, so I've got a I've got a question. Yeah. So if Winker is hurting more than what we're all hoping, is the 
a move to maybe try and see if Barrero can play in the outfield. Well, funny. I know, I know they had him shagging balls and, and stuff out there um, recently. Yeah, funny thing about that, like you were saying, is Mark Sheldon tweeted that out the other day that he was in, he was working in the outfield. How hard he was working, you know, I don't know. Can he play? I mean, can he play center field? He's got the speed to do it. I don't. I don't have any doubt that he's athletic enough to play center. Uh, but what do you think that would mess with his mind at all? Trying to learn a new position in a pennant race, and you're kind of tossing. I don't know. I I don't think it would be just seeing the way that he bounced back from losing his mother that he was really close to. It hasn't even been here, and he's having the type of year that he's having. That tells me he's a very strong-minded kid. So I don't think that that would bother him. But, fuck. I wish they would have thought about this a month ago. Right. Maybe you're going to keep him in triple A, throw him in the outfield over there. I'd rather see him than Shogo right now. So, yeah. Shogo. Shogo's hot, baby. Shogo is another guy that has disappointed me. Another guy who seems like a really nice guy. Yeah. I'm, great yeah, defi- no, great it, defensive player. Great defensive player. Yeah. He just, I don't, he just can't hit. <laughs> I mean, he can't hit for power. Are you, are you, are you saying Shogo is the 2020s version of Billy Hamilton? I would have to look at the numbers to see, but they're. <laughs> oh, no. Billy occasionally hit a home run. Billy. I'm sorry. Billy would occasionally, though, hit it. <laughs> hit a triple i think yeah what shogo's got like one or two career triples so far but uh maybe, and maybe, he's been hurt maybe too, so but yeah i <laughs> i mean i knew he wouldn't uh, hit for power but i'd figured he'd have at least a couple of dingers at this point in his career i mean with with how hard these guys throw and i, I don't mean this to sound like overly simplifying it but you're a major league hitter how goddamn hard is it to run into one you know, you, you get the spinning half bats. Like, even Scott Pudsednik would run into one here and there. He's like the lightest hitting guy I've ever, you know, watched play professional baseball. And even he would hit one every year and a half. I mean, Skip Schumacher so, hit Shogo. home runs. <laughs> yeah. Go ahead, Carlos. Didn't Shogo hit one like in spring training, his first spring training? That first spring Maybe. training when they – when... some. Yeah, it was against camp, whatever that was. I think it was against the White Sox when they were doing the, the like those summer yeah. preseason games, and he and he's got that bailout swing. And Carlos, I wanted to ask you about that because as a pitcher, when you see a guy doing that bailout swing, how are you pitching him? Are you pitching him away because he can't get to it because he's bailing out, or you just messing with his no, timing? Because- because you know, whenever he sets up like that and and and, and bells away, he kind of wants you to do that so he can just flick the bat out there, and he's already you know two steps down the line. Yeah, um, that's kind of like one of those hitters that stands really close to the plate, or and you think, oh, I got to put on his eye, and that's what like an Anthony, like a like a Rizzo, and that's what they want you to do, you know. So it's it's almost kind of like the opposite of what you think you should do is what you should do. So, like, pitch him inside then, instead of... Yeah. 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 Definitely, since he's not hitting any Well, yeah, he's homers. not... Yeah. <laughs> at the inside all the time. Yeah, he's, he's also trying to hit everything the other way, too. If you, if you throw him, especially down and in, you throw it down and into him, he's probably going to end up, you know, hitting it, 
you know, right at someone. I mean, it's, it's, it's fucking hard to, you know, inside out a ball that is intentionally pitched to have you pull it when you're trying to slap it the other way. I mean, you know, I think, I mean, he's, he's to, and this is just my untrained eye. It just seems like he's getting, he's getting breaking pitches down and in and he's rolling them over to second because yeah, when I mean, that's what she wanted to do to him. Yeah. And, and like Bermuda saying, a lot of his hits are slap singles the other way. Okay. Pete Rose was a slap hitter. People don't like me saying that, but Pete Rose was a slap hitter. He's uh, also a slap dick. But, <laughs> I mean, I, I don't know if what people's expectations were. You can't say, you know, oh, wow, we were expecting Ichiro, because Ichiro is one of the greatest hitters on the, that has ever lived. You can't do that to the guy. But, I don't know. I don't think, I just don't think it's going to work out with him. He's got one more year. I can see him probably going back to Japan. Yep, three years. Thanks for the uh, the solid pension when he you know when he retires from baseball in general. He'll have worked up a nice you know three year career. I think he goes back to Japan too. That's yeah. I've already. I, I've like yeah. almost all all of twenty twenty one. And I mean, David Bell doesn't seem to have a problem just letting him ride on the bench. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, Fuck. <laughs> Who has a worse OPS plus, Coop? I'm not in front of my laptop. I went for a walk. Who has a worse OPS plus, Shogo or Gino? Well, Gino was 59. Let's see what Shogo is. This is awesome. Like 42. Rating. So far this year, and significantly less at bats, 45. You were close. Ooh, what's he at? OPS plus of 45. Oh, my fucking God. Oof. He, uh... Yeah, that... I mean, small sample size, obviously. 163 at-bats, but... Eesh. Does he have a higher OBP in his career than he does slugging? Uh, yeah, you're right. 328 oh, on base plus... Oh, my God. 328 on base... Cat- uh, for the two years and 281 slugging. Oh my God. That is, oh my God. Not everybody has to slug 500 or better, but like, buddy, come on. 281. Oof. 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 Only a point. I love show. <laughs> only a minus point seven war this year, though, so he's got that going for him. <laughs> But yeah, I, I mean, I'm perfectly fine with him just being a defensive replacement at this point if you're going to keep him on the roster because, I mean, it's not like you got other outfielders in Louisville that are beating down the door anyway. Um, would have traded for one, yeah. I would have loved to have seen him trade for a center fielder at the deadline, but that didn't happen. And Nick Senzel apparently is still hurt. We could talk about that too. Uh, you want to talk about... <laughs> I was a little surprised when they optioned him straight out to Louisville when he still had time on his rehab assignment. This comes after they mess with his service time. He's changed positions three or four times. Carlos, does that start to wear on a guy when, one, he's got an injury history, two, his service time was manipulated, and three, it seems like he changes positions every season. 
Um, depends on the guy, but um, I mean, based on what what we've seen happen over the last week, I, I don't think he takes it very well. Um, you know, it sucks as he's been hurt so much, um, but he's never really been able to have to get a right. get a groove going. But I mean, I have no information about this. Like you know, mm-hmm. me and Joey would never talk about that. But I, whenever they sent him, they optioned him before his time was up. That was red flag number one. I'm like, yeah. wait, what? Something, yeah. That doesn't make sense. And then, you know, for them to do that, and, and then Pat Kelly to come out and say, oh yeah, he just he he doesn't look right. We all saw the fucking video of him hitting that laser to right field and you know just scooting around the bases and and sliding in for a triple with no problem right so so he's not hurt still so i'm like hmm he must have done something to piss them off hmm now you got me wanting to put on my uh investigator uh, yeah i so i'm i definitely believe that because he's bitching about something and they had enough of it said you know what all right here you're really not that much of a upgrade of what we have going right now so you're gonna make our lives easier by being a jerk you go and you know now he's missing the full three days before he has to report whatever he's already there i understand taking one day so you can kind of like cool down or whatever but you want to get back on the team you got to play yeah and like you said, he was already there, so it's yeah. So he's he's definitely really pissed right now. Yeah, I would be pissed too. I mean, and again, that's just my conspiracy theory. <laughs> I love it. Oh, we could go with conspiracy theories too. Um... <laughs> oh yeah, we, we didn't tell you guys we have Alex Jones coming on the podcast. <laughs> Alex, welcome. No, what do you have to say? Fuck <laughs> no. Listen, fuckers. Carlos, listen, fuckhead. I'm tired of it. <laughs> you, you goddamn piece of oh shit. Oh, my God. You, got, you goddamn <laughs> piece of shit. <laughs> I, I have that. Listen, fucker. <laughs> I have that rant that he did saved just to send it to people every now and then. Is, and I oh. hate, I mean, I hate the guy with a passion, but that is just hilarious. A hilarious rant. <laughs> I just love when I just love sending it. Phil and I go, listen, fuckhead. <laughs> you've cr- you've goddamn crossed the line. <laughs> you piece of so shit. Good. You son of a bitch. You, you son of a bitch. <laughs> oh, oh my man. Oh my god. Um, I had I had a quick thing. I, yeah. I figured. Obviously, I'm not trying to become question master on your podcast, Coop. But Ender Inciarte has been playing really well down there. Any chance you see him up? Do you guys think you ever see Ender Inciarte in a red? uniform you might see him in september yeah i mean that leaves him off the postseason roster but yeah but do you think that's like a i mean i mean it, i i would i wouldn't mind them calling him up in september he's got he's got experience yeah he's not been hitting well but um he he is a former multiple time gold glover uh in an as a september call up as a defensive replacement yeah i'd call him up carlos what do you think I'm having trouble remembering who you guys are talking about. Ender Inciarte? Yeah, I, I hear. I remember the name, but I don't. Who did he, he play for? He was with the Braves for the last uh, few years. Braves, yeah. He was with the Diamondbacks. I think he was with the Mets. That. Diamondbacks. Yeah, he was with like the that? Diamondbacks yeah. for a while, cool. and then he was with the Braves since 2017, and he's 
Uh, yeah, he's won three gold gloves. Um, he he was all right, like spe- like he was an all star in 2017, and he uh, he had an on base percentage of 350, batted 304. But then the, his last couple of years, um, he, his on base percentage is under 300, <laughs> OPS plus of 35 last year in that. He's an outfielder. Season. Yeah, center fielder. He's the one who stole some gold gloves from Billy Hamilton. I think I remember. Yeah, 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 yeah. I remember now. Um. Yeah, so he's kind of gone in the tank the last couple of years, but he's still a—I mean, he's still only thirty, and he's a still a great center fielder. I wouldn't have any problems if if that if unless they have somebody else they can call up who can provide a bat off the bench. I know that you can only call up a handful of players now. It's not like it before. Yeah, two. It's two. It's two. You can't call up the whole forty-man roster like you used to be able to, but. I don't know. I just have a feeling they're going to just bring up a couple more relievers. Oh, of course. <laughs> CNL Perez, baby. Uh, is he? Did he accept? <laughs> did he accept after being designated? Is he still in Louisville? I don't even know. I don't know either. I just I just found out that Syndicate yeah. last night. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, what? He hasn't played in this show since 2018. God, that guy should have stayed in the bullpen. <laughs> yeah. The, Hello, Carlos. Stupid We're the Cincinnati right. Reds. Are you left-handed? We're going to force you to start or your money back. <laughs> we have not had a good left-handed starting pitcher since, like, John Smiley. I mean. Tom Browning. <laughs> ever. He, Tom Browning, yeah. Like, never. So, Carlos, here you go. Carlos. Oh, yeah. John Vandermeer. Carlos, have I ever told you the Tom Browning bracelet story? No. Probably not for the podcast. That might be after we're done. Um, offline, offline. It's my favorite story I've ever heard from a, about a former player. I'll just say that. <laughs> and I've heard a few, but this is bar none my favorite. So as soon as we're done recording, I, I'll tell it to you. Can I share any uh, Greg Maddox stories with you? Oh, no. Uh, is Always that, share a Greg Maddox story. Is this podcast worthy? Offline. offline? Okay, that's fine. We'll do that. <laughs> um, yeah, I was I was going to say, I was lucky enough to meet Kent Merker. He's good friends with, stick with me, my brother's girlfriend's dad. I've met him a few times, and he's told me some Kent Merker shit from his Atlanta days, Carlos, that cracks me up every uh-huh. time. So I was, when you, as soon as you said Greg Maddox, I'm like, yes, let's hear uh-huh. it. <laughs> so what? We'll, we'll do that after we're done recording here. Um, sorry for yeah, the people well, who are listening to this when this gets posted. Yes. <laughs> enjoy, en, enjoy that. Enjoy that cock tease, motherfuckers. <laughs> um, yeah. So I can share one because Smoltz shared one that was pretty similar to it the other day about him that I was surprised that he said it. But, you know, he's, Greg Maddox is enough for being a, a nasty motherfucker. Like, just... Straight dirty. I'm not talking like nasty-minded perverted. I'm just talking about like dirty. Ew, you're, you're gross. So he would wear those old school like sliders, the cotton sliders that go like right over your kneecaps yeah. all the way down. And this guy is constantly <laughs> picking at his butt during the game. I mean, he's just, he's not pitching. He's just on, in, all in his butt. And he like he'd wait after the game. You know, you've got like five 
clubhouse, you know, attendants running around. As soon as you put a shirt down, they're getting it, they're tossing it in the laundry, and it's probably hanging in your locker before you leave for the night. So they're just out hustling, you know, running around. And so Gray would, you know, strip down. He's in his towel, but then he kind of like go back in his locker and wait for the right time when one of the little young clubhouse attendants comes running by, and he would just throw it. I mean, we're talking to shit stains all over this, <laughs> these sliders, these white cotton sliders. And it's just right in their face as they go by. Like, oh, my God, it was so disgusting. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Uh, and and that's what and he would do that. He would laugh. <laughs> he would go and go to the shower. Sometimes he would shower. Sometimes he would just oh, put no. on the street clothes. Head out. Yeah. Anyway. Oh my. Oh my God. Ah, uh, Craig Maddox. What a guy. Maybe that's what he was doctoring <laughs> the ball with. Was a little a little poo. A little poo finger. I wonder. Did he? Have, well, no. He was using a knife. Coop. He was using a poop knife. The poop knife. Using shout, the poop knife. Shout out to Ram. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll have to have Ram tell the poop knife story sometime if we can ever get him back on. Oh man. Well, after the, <laughs> after that, <laughs> I think I that hope it, you're all listening to this. And you are just utterly uplifted. That's not the best poop story I'll tell tonight either. Oh, I got poop stories, but <laughs> I think that I think we'll wrap up the podcast on that one. Um, we'll go around here and have everybody uh, give their final thoughts. Carlos, give us your final thoughts. Um, it's kind of a open-ended question. There. Um, <laughs> life or the Reds? We'll talk about anything. <laughs> Just what, uh, what's on your mind? Oh man, I think it's going to be a I think it's going to be a fun ride from here on out. Lots of stress, you know. Lose series games like this against the Cubs. Twitter's going to be on fire, which is some of my favorite Twitter. Who's Reds Twitter? After they lose, um, but then there's going to be a lot of like great series wins, a lot of great moments. There's too many exciting players on the Reds roster, um, and guys that are playing really well for us not to have a lot of moments uh, down the stretch here. As fans, yeah, it's it's definitely a lot more fun as a fan when your team is fighting for a playoff spot than if they're 30 games out and running out guys you've never heard of. <laughs> like the guy from the, the guy from the Cubs today that took Tyler Malley to Chili Coffee. I had never heard of that guy before. It was his second career home run, first of the year. And yeah, anyway, uh, <laughs> Burmy, your thoughts. Um, I have to agree with Carlos. The, day, the days the Reds lose when the season matters and the game, games matter, it's a fucking gong show. So, yes, it is wild to scroll through Twitter after disappointing losses. Um, I did want to point out one thing. Uh, here's the TMZ portion. Uh, Justin Steele, a guy I proclaimed was a porn star that was pitching for the Cubs uh, you know, during the last series, is now dating Nick Enzel's ex-girlfriend. So... Saw that, on, saw that on Instagram. Hey, whoa, she only hey, big leaguers. Hey, now. Yeah, she she clearly has a type. <laughs> I mean, Carlos, you would know more than me. Hey, cleat chasers, man. They're a thing, right? Oh, better believe it. <laughs> <laughs> he I'm, said I'm, that. Mar- I'm married to one. Just <laughs> <laughs> oh. kidding, honey. I love you. <laughs> I, don't worry. I don't think she's going to listen. <laughs> oh, my God. 
No, yeah, I'm excited. Uh, just like Carlin, I'm excited for the next six weeks. Um, we got a lot of baseball watch. It's going to be exciting to watch uh, watch this thing come home, and you know, just try to stay positive. Everybody, enjoy this because I know it doesn't happen very often. <laughs> At least for us, us young Reds fans, we're not really used to this. But uh, just enjoy the ride because you never know what's going to happen. All right, all right. Uh, for my final thoughts, just want to tell everybody to check out the Cincy Sports Gallery. Uh, get all your Reds memorabilia. Uh, also call them and keep hounding them about getting a UK section in there. Um, and maybe even a Texas section since now they're going to be in the SEC. Carlos, real quick. Oof. How do you feel about your Longhorns going, deciding that they wanted to step up and come to the best conference in God Green Earth, the Southeastern Conference? I love it. I'm, I'm excited about it. Um, just for the simple fact that, you know, in football, there's going to be great games every freaking weekend. Yep. Like, you know, even if you're, even if you're like sitting at, you know, three and three, you're still going to have like Texas versus Georgia and say Georgia's losing as well. Like, you're still going to watch Texas versus Georgia. Like, I'm super excited about it. I hope they come over next year um, somehow, find a way to get over so we can get it going. Um, I think it'll be a while before. They're like seriously competitive in the league. Maybe another four, four years if they get in next year. But I don't know. I think it's it's fun. It's exciting. And obviously, when they play Tucky, um, I don't know. In basketball, will be one thing, but football, yeah, I know. I know. Uh, but <laughs> the first time they come to Lexington, you should fly up, and we'll go to the game. Which might be a, which might be a while if this granite rights thing <laughs> is solid because it'd be like twenty twenty four twenty twenty five, but I I would bet money talks in there in the league next year like like not this coming football season obviously but the next season I would bet and Oklahoma who yeah tagging along, uh, but yeah it's gonna be interesting because I think it's just gonna set the dominoes of conference realignment back falling. And I think the Big Bowl is going to end up going away. And um, Cincinnati's still going to be screwed. But <laughs> shout out to Luke Fickle. So <laughs> for Carlos and Burmy, this is Coop saying we will talk to you later. Cincinnati, Ohio. Cincinnati, where the river winds. Across the Mason and the Big Sur line.